it struck me as so profound. And, um, 578 and reading 578 in the back of your hymnal. And now I would like for all of us to read it aloud in unison, uh, sending good energy out into the world. This is the great lesson. Join me. We can never make the world safe by fighting. Every nation must learn that the people of all nations are children of God and must share the wealth of the world. You may say this is impractical, far away, can never be accomplished, but it is the work we are appointed to do. Sometime, somewhere, somewhere, we must ever teach this great lesson. Thank you, Olympia Brown. Okay. You all are very brave people. I'm going to be reading these comments and these questions, and whatever I say about it is what I say. But these are questions that you are working with in your own life. Or your neighbor is working So I think you'll want to pay attention. This isn't just Robert Hood reaching in the barrel of sermons, throwing something at you. But this comes from you. Why can't we all get along? <laughs> oh! <laughs> There's something in this space. This is, why can't we all get along? Now, each one of you, I'm inviting each one of you to silently be thinking what your take on that is, because each one of us has our own take. What I would say very, very briefly is... Um, we all have a lot of narcissism in ourselves. And that in often we are skin encapsulated egos. And the biggest battle that most of the time we have to fight is with this dictator. We seldom see it in ourselves, but there are a lot of people we can identify. Everybody in this room is old enough to have wrestled with your selfishness and your self-centeredness and doing it your way. But the fact that you come to a place like this means that you're opening up to the we of life and to all humankind. And there is so much meaning in just the two words, Unitarian Universalist. That puts us in with, with others. Wow. Why is there so much hate in the world, racism, sexism? You know, somebody aligned these cards, and it wasn't me. <laughs> Why is there so much hate in the world, racism, sexism, and prejudice? 
Each one of you needs to answer that question and I believe you need to ask yourself, is there one little thing that I can do about one of these issues? My wife and I attend a church where we're reading this book, Waking Up to Being White. And it is changing our whole consciousness about people of color, African Americans, and the way they are treated in our nation. And I encourage you to look up that book. It's by a woman who was in her 50s when she finally realized that her take on people of color was so wrong. And um, I'm waking up even later than she did. Take one issue and say, I'm going to be more open to the treatment of people whose sexual preference is different. I am going to be more open to Muslims or to immigrants. I had thought about playing a, a song here. There's a Unitarian group called Brother Sun, Sister Moon, and the song is the Statue of Liberty, but it's the lady in the harbor, the lady in the harbor, and if you think back in your uh, history, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, somebody came over here as an immigrant. And it is painful to see how quickly they are trying to really shove people out. They went into a hospital. This woman was being operated on, and they put her in handcuffs. A father dropped off his kids for school, and they took the father. Uh, there's something that is so insensitive, so un-American going on. And you will know what happened in Nazi Germany. First they came for the union people, but I wasn't a union people. Then they came for the communist. I wasn't a communist. Then they came for the socialist. When they came for me, there was no one to care. Unitarians know that what brings a Methodist minister to our church and what happens after death? Well, I don't know about the Methodist minister. I am a liberated, far-out, Sufi, uh, Quaker, Presbyterian, and I am definitely a pagan. Pagans are people who care about the earth. We need more reverence for our earth. And it is scary having people in government now who do not care about the environment and who say there's no such thing as climate change. That is their faith or their politics, but it's not a scientific truth. And if you care about the future for your children and your grandchildren, these are very dangerous times with these people. They also want to do away with uh, changing uh, the miles that your car can go. They want to put in 
cheaper gas that will pollute the environment more. You can find out all of this, and many of you know more than I do. Well, the secret is that I'm an old dog. I'm almost 77 years of age. I have been very fortunate with the institutions that have touched my life. Um, the biggest thing has been some of the difficulties. I went through several transitions in breaking away from uh, my uh, parents. My uh, father owned a business. I'm a junior. I'm the firstborn. I was to take over my dad's business. There was no way I could have done it if I would have kept working for my dad. When you go to the country club and you see the guy at the end of the bar who's always there, that would have been me. Somehow... I went to a Presbyterian seminary, and it was a free and open space. I was literally saved by getting out of my father's business and doing something that I wanted to do. And the Presbyterian church has been a free and open space for me. At the age of 39, right at the bell curve, I went up to a place in the Catskill Mountains. It is a retreat center. It's almost a zendo. The name of the place is Shalom Mountain Retreat and Study Center. And I'm only doing this because you ask. But people don't go there to love Jesus or to do bees or to do anything. You uh, go there when something is itching you, something is scratching you, something is hurting you, or you are in big trouble, you are in a divorce, or you have a diagnosis. And with about 18 other people from Thursday to Sunday, you crack open your life and get a better look. This is not a Jesus boot camp place, nor is it drugs. But there are ways to find inner truths and freedom. And I have been going back there, but most importantly, I've been sending people from my church who ask. And over the years, I've sent over about 120 people. There was a lady who was married to an ambassador there over in Switzerland. She gets a message, your sister dove off a cliff and wants you to take care of your niece for the rest of your life. When bad things happen and you need to scratch our itch, it is a safe place to really look at the cracked, broken places in our lives. The truth is that next to every one of us, there is a jar of tears. Next to every one of us, there's a jar of a, a jar of tears and we we are pretty comfortable with our joy of tears and we can do it sometimes that jar overflows in my case i went up to this place and it just opened me it opened to me because these people were living what 
people talk about in church. They were free, wild, and loving, and inclusive. But I think most of the people here are on their way to being free, loving, open, and inclusive. And what I project upon the UUs is that you really mean it. Reverence for all life, for all beings, everywhere, everyone belongs. Thank you, Richard Rohr. You do not exclude anyone. So the next question is, what happens after death? Is yeah. that you too? A double header. Okay. What happens after death? So everybody, actually, she's a very brave person because everyone here asks that question, but most of us don't have the nerve to put it down and to own up to it. So I really don't know, but two very brief things. This same question was asked at the first. And so she knows the answer that I'm going to give you. The answer is in two parts. First of all, there was a poet who says, I always live one life at a time. Stay in the moment. Stay here. But Henry Nouwen gave me this image. If you've been to a circus and there's a guy who's the catcher and he just swings here and his arms are reaching out, he's waiting. Then there's you and me and just visualize yourself. You're swinging here. You're swinging here. You're on this thing. You're on this thing. And then what happens? You let go and you throw yourself into the catcher. That's my take on death today. We throw our whole being into what we call something more. That is probably a good word for Unitarians. The mystery of God is something more. But see, I would add, don't wait until you die to throw yourself in there. Open to the something more now. Be as open and as wild and as free as you can be. These words are coming from something I read a long time ago, written by my friend Marv Hiles, and a Presbyterian minister said it. Most people die with half their music still inside them. Meaning they've not lived their life. They look what they've done to my song. Look what they've done to my song. There's songs within each one of us, and we need to live our life. Really to be alive every moment. Nina, my wife, went on a retreat, and on the second day, in the morning, the guy comes out and says, guess what? Guess what? I think we get maybe half a day. Am I saying that right? We may get a whole day. Are you serious? And he said, and if we do, what are you going to do with it? 
If we do get a whole day, what will you do with it? He says that every day to himself. There's only one sin in my belief. Being bored. Being bored. The earth, the air, the fire, the water, nature, music, poetry, art, making love, being with other people. Don't worry about when you're going to die. Just make sure that you are alive now. And this quote comes to me from Goethe. Does anybody know who Goethe was? Of course you do. But Goethe wrote these words. Until you learn to die and be born again, you are but a dull guest on a dark planet. And he's not a Christian, so this is not the Billy Graham trip. This is the fact that there are many lives within you, and my hunch is that several of you, maybe many of you, know that you've been through this voice rinse cycle. You've made transitions. You've grown. You've been more alive. I think everyone has a story of waking up and being enlivened. Okay. Where'd they go? Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I was in trouble. You guys are really patient putting up with this. Hold on. Is it okay to reveal that I do not believe in God to believers if they ask? When this happens, I feel like I'm in a defense mode. Thank you. Is it okay to reveal that I do not believe in God to believers? I would say, hell yes, of course. Integrity, truthfulness, being yourself. When people tell me that they don't believe in God, I usually say, you know, I don't believe in that God either. I don't believe in a God who judges or, or condemns or that unbaptized babies go somewhere bad. None of that. You can put your own word in there. Instead of realizing what, instead of realizing what you don't believe, Ask yourself, what do I believe? What do I believe? And if I have to come up with one thing, and I urge each one of you to come up with yours, what would you say to that? I would throw out reverence for life. Albert Schweitzer gives us a lot of help there. Reverence for life. Okay, going a little quicker here. How how do you see all peoples of religions peacefully uh, enriching each other? All. The biggest change that I have noticed in being alive here for 77 years 
is that the silos are coming down. Many of them are failing. And the two words that I love the most, these are my two best words, interfaith, interfaith, and intrafaith, meaning the whole schmear. Unitarians are light years ahead of most people in the religious business. But if you continue to let your light shine, you will be drawing more people in your direction. I hope I'm doing some justice to that. Dr. King said it in another way. We will learn to live together as brothers and sisters. Do you know the rest of that? Or we will perish as fools. And we really have the ability to blow up this whole planet and to destroy it. All in the name of our God. Moving right along, and we don't have to do all of these, but I want to honor this one at least and move on. Why is it always darkest before the dawn? Well, is it always darkest before the dawn? I mean, of course it is. But that depends upon where you are. The uh, sermon title is Living Questions. We are to live the questions, as the poet put it. Answers are cheap. Answers are usually shallow. It takes a lot of integrity to live your question. And what do you find? You find your own truth. You find your own truth. And you do not put that on other people. Few more. Raise your hands if you're getting bored or feel free to. Is there more additional sentient life somewhere? Oh. Bye bye. Okay. Blessings. Um, probably when you were young, they put up on the board, the planets in our solar system, and they say, this is it, folks. This is it. <laughs> then we discovered there are a zillion galaxies. A zillion galaxies. And it is literally true that there are more planets than there are grains of sand on our planet. Just take a walk on a beach and let that sink in and it'll drive you crazy. And haven't we just found how many more planets did six or seven? It's just astounding. So nobody knows the answer to that. And um, I think that's exciting. Two more. Should we tolerate intolerance? Everybody answer that question mentally. What you have to do is think of a member of your family 
and then somebody coming up to that person and being intolerant. And this is a true story from Sue Monk Kidd. How many of you have read Sue Monk Kidd or know anything about her books? Her daughter was working at a drugstore. Just visualize this. So she's going to pick up her daughter. She goes into the drugstore. Here's somebody who knows the story. Her daughter is down there putting some product in the shelf for people to see. Got the picture so far? In walks Sue Monk Kidd, and there are two men standing here, and they're saying, isn't that the way you want to see a woman? Intolerance. Disrespect. Misogynist. Nobody wants us to tolerate that. Always speak out against intolerance. Because if you were a Jew, you would want speak somebody to speak out against intolerance. If you are gay or lesbian or transgender, you want someone to speak out against intolerance. I think that answers that, and you can make your own applications in your own life. And I will admit I failed on that. This is a story of a failing. I was, I was visiting this family, and we're sitting down, and the lady was telling me that they went shopping, and she said, we really had to Jew them down. And I should have said, what the hell are you thinking, lady? I encourage you to speak against intolerance in all cases. Last one, and I thank you all for doing this. How do we fight against the lies and injustice of our current political climate and remain peaceful and positive. Well, we've sort of touched on that, and um, this is where you need some genuine ego strength. The best part of your ego, because it will take charge and say, no more of this. I will not listen excessively to this stuff on television. I don't need it. I'm not going to take it all in because it is toxic. It is toxic. It is painful. It is not good for you. I said this during the uh, first service, so I'll say it again. My wife, Nina, would you like to say what you say? No, I think you said it. You said it already at this point. Now we're using Yeah. Well, that was my question. In the first, my question in the first service is really the question you're ending with here, which is 
how to how to be centered enough and sane enough in order to then be effective because it's not about hiding but it is about staying calm enough to then be of service at this time no so you need to take charge of your own system and there's a verse in, in, in the Bible Philippians 4 think on these things and what you're asked to think about is meanness and ugliness and putting up walls and disowning, dishonoring people. You're asked to think about abusing women. You're asked to think about people who suppress the votes of African Americans. Let all of that go and think on those things that have joy, compassion, and the big word is justice. Justice. Everything that Jesus said, if you want to shrink it down, there are two words that sum up everything that he was about. Come up with your own two. But mine are love and justice. Love and justice. And keep filling yourself with love and justice. Breathe in love, justice, love, justice. And it's like you're pumping up a tire within yourself for love and justice. Our world needs Unitarians and people who care about love and justice because there's an army of people who have exclusion on their minds. Trying to think of a, a, a good thing to uh, end with. And um, I just ask each one of you to be coming up with some of the questions that you're going to be living out. And you're going to examine and research and grow. We need everyone to be alert, conscious, awake. Indivisible, am I saying that right? Indivisible. Unitarians have to believe in indivisible. I don't know, but I think that you all are are there.